0: all right we are live welcome happy friday welcome to the show as always it's alfred from diversified capital how you guys all doing hope you guys are joining the stream here we've got raymond again joining us for another d financial friday show why how come every week the week seems to fly by faster and faster and then we're just like wait it's showtime again right well, probably it's because uh, so.
1: it's a short week too <laughs>
0: Was it a short week? I don't know. Did we have a holiday? Who knows what's going on? Right? We've got uh, a lot to talk about uh, today. A lot of fun things. uh, You know, an exciting week. We had MLK, a lot of celebration there honoring uh, the holiday, right? And then we had inauguration. Uh, So we'll jump into all of that in one second. But what do we got going on for you guys today for this show? How do you get money into this dang market when it keeps uh, going up? What is the way uh, to best invest your money and start putting cash to work? Okay, so we're gonna talk about that, give you guys some tips about how to approach it, how do you take emotion out of it? Okay, so that's gonna be our topic for today. I've got a lot of market updates coming at you, too, as well. But before Raymond and I get started, uh, of course, anything that we talk about on our show, right, uh, is meant for general financial education. Of course, we can't uh, give you some or our particular uh, financial advice here because we don't know your situation. But if that's something you're interested in feel free to click on our website, diversifycapital.com to learn more about how we can help. Of course, if you're enjoying the show as we've had people reach out to us and we're seeing more subscribers, make sure you hit subscribe so that you get notifications on YouTube and Facebook as we are going live uh, so that you don't miss out on any of the topics that we're talking about. In a couple of weeks, we actually have a special topic coming up for you guys, talking about buying real estate in different areas. We're partnering up with different real estate agents to bring you a longer show, We'll have more details with you on that shared on our social media platform soon. Okay, but again, uh, again with the uh, financial planning side, if you're interested in personal financial planning, reach out to us directly. The show is meant for just general education. Anything tax related, we're not acting as your tax professionals. This is more for again general conversations. And if we're talking about investments, right, which we are going to be today. We're not soliciting you to be buying any specific investment products. We're just trying to get you to ask the right questions and think about how are you going to get some of the cash that you have back invested methods about doing that and not necessarily about specific investments themselves. All right. So what do we had? right? Another week inauguration mm-hmm. happened, a big, a big week for women, right? We had, of okay. course, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, right? Mm-hmm. And then... And, I think many of you, right, forget, but Janet Yellen, first Treasury Secretary, right, just unanimously passed through Senate committee. Mm-hmm. Both of those, I can't wait to at some point be able to tell my daughter, right, in history that this True. is happening right now, right in front of our eyes. So congrats to that. Uh, super excited to share that with you guys. But Raymond, tell us a little bit How about the market did, right? What happened yeah. after this week of inauguration?
1: I mean, even it being a short week, we still saw rises above all the indexes. Uh, S and P five hundred was up one point nine four percent this past week. Dow mm-hmm. Jones not as much at around zero point six percent. Yeah, uh, it was once again actually Nasdaq that outshined as both yeah. of them and almost <laughs> doubled the S and P five hundred, even though it didn't do that well last week. But it came back, you know, at four point one nine percent growth Wild. Uh, this year within the Nasdaq. Um yeah. and. Actually, since the elections, uh SP 500 is actually up 14%, and NASDAQ's up 21% since the elections in November. So crazy yeah. growth
0: since then. We're gonna talk about the reasons why, of course, but I mean, isn't the reason why we're having this topic why we're having so many clients ask us when do you get in since election? I mean, going into the election, if you're worried about the market, right? Right after you're worried about if right, uh uh, uh President Biden is really going to get inaugurated with all the things going on. So you see, when you're worried about trying to take the first step, right, Mm -hmm. step into the market, the market gains may pass you by. You just never know, right? Trying to find the right timing. I don't know when that is. Raymond, you don't know. Everyone can guess, but. That's something that we're going to talk about later is how do you actually make that decision? How do you limit yourself to be wrong? okay? So we'll get to that. but yeah, 14 percent since the election, November fourth from today. I mean that's that's wild with yeah. nasdaq up twenty one percent. I mean, part of it is right the expectation of right the stimulus packages that we're seeing right right? And so I think what is it one point nine trillion now, Raymond is is the idea right. at least of this first one that's coming through?
1: Yeah, it's still gonna be some negotiations there. But as of this moment, they're trying to aim for a one point nine, another one point eight nine trillion <laughs> for the stimulus.
0: And and what I think potentially another one in March for, for more like stimulus towards jobs and infrastructure, right? So, you know, I think that's uh um you know, maybe, you know, we'll see, right? There, there might be concern about future inflation and whatnot, but I think most people are focused on what's gonna happen now. How does it impact us now? Whether it's the speed up maybe of vaccinations i think the the aim is a uh, hundred million people right over the next hundred days is that is that did i get the number right right 100 million yeah, vaccinations
1: 100, 100 million yeah 100 million vaccines but I wouldn't necessarily translate to people maybe half of that just because a lot of this requires two doses but i know there's mm-hmm. other pharmaceuticals actually out there trying to create just one dose and saying mm-hmm. that would be a big game changer as well so i got a lot of different companies trying to work together and create these additional doses just because it hasn't been distributed as quickly as we had hoped it to be right and yeah. if we can ramp that up which is part of biden's priority and you just sign an executive order to try to get this all done right within his first 100 days of presidency so that'll be a big feat and if that happens that'll be awesome for everyone uh, too, so yeah uh,
0: i sure hope so i sure hope so yeah. I, I sure hope that we can all look forward at some point and, and actually say hey like we're seeing some normality. And this is some of the first steps. So it's gonna take some time. But I think it just shows you how quickly, right? Excuse me, bless you. (laughs) Uh, All right, I'm awake now. But uh, it just goes to show you how quickly the the markets are forward looking. We've talked about that before. But Mm
1: -hmm.
0: they're so quickly forward looking, looking towards optimism, looking towards the idea that the economy should be fast tracked here with a democratic led really government at this point, right with both Senate House and the presidency to be able to, uh, um, you know, have a lot of spending and have a lot of packages that may not have happened if it was a split Congress. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think right now that's been a a huge focus and the market is reacting to that. Okay. Um, So a lot of optimism, uh, maybe more so than than we had a couple weeks ago, even right. Um, And so right now, uh, I imagine, you know, the uh, mindset is focusing on those first 100 days and being able to get those vaccines out and hopefully things open back up again. But I mean, as you could see, right, the numbers are there, right. And, um, you know, those joining us now, like I said, 14 percent since election for S&P and 21 for for Nasdaq. So, um, also, I think what's really interesting is how quickly markets trade. I mean, like something happened. I mean, Elon Musk twi- tweets about Signal, right? Yeah. And the wrong company goes up by some thousands of percents, right? And and for a couple weeks afterwards, right, it was still trading, and people were using that to try to to, to pocket on the volatility and. Um, you know, I've had, I have had, I'm going to mention this, like I've had my cousin talking about day trading people that are are interested very much a younger generation right now, very m- much interested in the stock market. And I think it was driven by a lot of people staying at home during COVID. A lot of this as well, that they're focusing on what's going on in the market. And you just have to be aware that social media trading is real, right? Social media mm-hmm. trading And we're seeing these little mini bubbles that are happening. uh, Just based off of somebody saying something about a company, someone someone with a maybe blue check mark next to their name, saying something about a company, and it just completely blows up. Yep. Right. And so those are things that you have to be a little careful of a little wary of, uh, but certainly fun to watch, right? Uh, If you're in for that type of uh, uh, movements in the market. Um, But uh, again, I think the mo- the part that I like most is that the younger generation is being more involved, getting more involved in understanding the markets. I love that part about it uh, and learning more about right how ultimately money is is gained and lost in stock markets. And so that's a big part, right? But here we go. We're gonna dive into the biggest question all year, every year, isn't it? Isn't it though? Is this like the the question it, that comes <laughs> up for us right? every it. single year? <laughs> Thinking about how to get money invested, Raymond. Right, I'm going to jump to you in one second. Now, this this conversation today isn't necessarily about like the tools, right? Like the the ETFs, mutual funds, right? Um, it's not about like you know uh, necessarily IRAs and brokerage accounts. You can actually find all of that in the link below. Our team's going to link to you guys a webinar that we did. Uh, calling Learn How to Invest. It's like our basic breakdown of all these different things. And it's a wonderful watch. I think you should go and, and get to that when you have a chance. But the Learn to Invest will teach you about the different tools. But the focus today is the difficulties that we see with clients or, or people getting into the market, right? Uh, I find that a lot of the times getting into the market has an emotional barrier, right? And what's that emotional barrier? Right. What do you see most of the time, Raymond, that when clients are asking you this, what are the most common things that are preventing them from getting into the market itself?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the question that we always get is, is it the right time right, to yeah. put money into the market, um, especially now seeing all the market run that we have seen right? It's in March and April? Are we overvalued? Are the markets too high in prices? Should I be buying now? Am I going to be buying at the top? Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And eventually that's where the emotion comes into play. Like, you know, no one wants to lose money. No one wants to be the person that buys at the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, we have to keep in mind that in these type of cases, we have to be correct twice. Right? If That means that if we're trying to time the market in this aspect, we need to be correct twice in that we need to be able to know when the top is going to be to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, and know when the bottom is to be to get back right back in and Mm -hmm. i think the underlying thing here is you know as you mentioned emotions right like how do you know when to get back in especially when you see your accounts drop like like, you know that's just really hard to put your funds back into the market when you know that might even go down even further right so there's a lot of things that stop you from putting money in or even putting money back in um so a lot of different uh Emotions there. I think that plays a huge part in this
0: and you said emotions a couple of times there and I think that's key to focus on I think Statistics are not going to tell you like oh hey if I invest passively versus an active management or different things like people always talk about like staying invested what what statistics don't show at least I haven't seen is like and I don't know how you can measure this but how much emotion plays a part into someone's investing strategy and and I would argue it's a big part right Uh, you know you would say every single time March right markets fall 30%. The emails that we get, even for our clients that have been working with us for a long time to say, you know, you should stay long term invested and all that, which I'll talk about what that means. They'll even call us, what do you think? Should I be getting out? Even though they believe and know that market timing doesn't work, they'll be asking questions about market timing. Mm And what I mean by that is like, someone's gonna say, yeah, market timing doesn't work, but is today the great time to get in? Right? Like, they'll like immediately (laughs) trend back to saying, you know, I know it doesn't work right but but is a good time now like right so they had this just inherent uh thoughts of like wanting to to your point not lose money because nobody wants to be in that position right and so um how do you guard against that well for me step one is to say ask yourself what is this money for right block out some of the noise for one second right ask yourself what am I using this money for? What? Why am I investing in this money? What is, what is the purpose of this investment? Is it something that I need in the next 12 months? Is it something that I need five years? Is it something that I'm not sure when I'm going to need it? You have to start there. Okay. So let's take an example, right? Raymond, you say, I have $25,000 that I'm looking to invest. Okay. okay. First, I'm going to ask you, do you really have $25,000 to invest? And what I mean by that is not your line of and saying, right? Like, hey, I have 25K. What do you mean? No. What is your investable capital, right? Yeah. Like how much of that $25,000 do you actually need to maybe pay some bills, right? Do you actually need in the next 6 to 12 months? Because if you need the money in the next 6 to 12 months, I would argue that's not investable capital. You can't invest that money, right? It's too risky to do that. And once you're able to isolate that out, then now you really know ah, okay, you know what? I really needed 15K, right? Over the next six to 12 months for certain things that I'm seeing. Then your 25K that you just told me about is really 10K of investable capital. Yep. Right. And when you isolate that first step, now you're talking about taking away this idea in your head that, What if I need the money after I invest? What if I need the money and the market goes down? Well, we just talked about how your six to 12 months is already set aside. And then you can take the next $10,000 and ask yourself the initial question I said, which is what is the goal for this money, right? And that can range, right? That can be ranging from something where the goal is something that I need in the next two years. The goal is something that I need in the next five years. The goal is just investing for the long run, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you util- if you, you have that idea there that you're utilizing it for the long run, I think that's going to help you isolate that. Look, in 20 years, the market's going to be higher than where it is today. Then if I invest today, whether it's now or in six months or in 12 months, right? time in market is really what's the most important rather than little blips in the market. doesn't mean that there's not a chance where you invest today and the market is down 20%. It's going to suck, by the way. Like if that happens, it's going to suck. But the idea is if I don't need it for a long term, then at least I can let it stay. And that 20% will ultimately be able to recover itself, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the main goal here. Now, outside of that piece, once you've understood that, We still have $10,000, right? We still have to put that in. So so what strategy would you go through with clients, Raymond, in actually putting that $10,000 in?
1: Yeah. So, you know, going back to your point of setting aside some of the money, um, you know, outside of your expenses, we also call those emergency funds as well Mm -hmm. um, to determine what really is your investment capital that you can utilize. And once we determine that with our clients, um, from that point on, it's understanding, you know, what is how we can invest those funds through dollar cost averaging is a really big one that we talk about. And I think a lot of clients are already doing it and they might not be noticing it. But if you have a 401k with your employer and there is a certain amount of percentage being taken from your pay stub and putting it into a 401k, um, that's considered dollar cost averaging because every paycheck, whether it's every two weeks or maybe you get paid once a month, Mm -hmm. we're putting money, new money into the market throughout different price points of the year k this also takes out the guessing game on your side right because every time you get a paycheck it just directly goes into your 401k it's not like you're doing it yes you said the percentage but you yourself is not going in there on every single 15 for the 30th and putting it into the 401k so And,
0: and you're absolutely right how many people right when they're thinking about their 401k and as a viewer how many of you are wondering is it the right time to take money in my paycheck to be putting in my 401k? If you're saving to your 401k, you're not asking that question, right? You're mm-hmm. just, hey, I set aside X percent, it's going into my 401k, and you don't really think about it. And that's the idea is that in a way you're forced not to think about it because it's a per paycheck uh, 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 deduction, but it's also using that same idea Raymond just talked about for dollar cost averaging because you're buying over time. So it doesn't really matter. that. In a year, you look back, you have more money than you had before, hopefully. Right. And it just takes aside that emotion. Right. So, how do you, how do we apply dollar cost averaging through like a brokerage account? Is it the same thing? It's just we're, we're going to be putting in $10,000, Raymond, like across months. Like, is there a recommendation that you would have, like how long you should be spreading some of that out?
1: I think it depends on everyone's goal and how much funds that we have to invest into the markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes breaking up over a couple of weeks, over a couple of months, uh, would be a good route to go, uh, depending again on on the amount that we are trying to invest into the markets. Yeah. Uh, so each person's scenario is a little bit different, but generally we're not, looked, we're not talking about one or two uh, different uh, intervals, but probably more so three or four is something that we like to see.
0: Yeah. And probably not over like, two or three years either, right? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're talking right. about weekly, monthly, invested, right? <laughs> exactly, right? It's, it's, it's tough when it's, it's that long, because, you know, again, I think I use this term of like, time in market is, in a way, more important than, than market timing, because market timing is so hard to get, right? You can control time in market. You can't really control market timing, right? And mm-hmm. so, uh, dollar cost averaging is one of the best ways to remove emotion and your mental block of getting large sums of money in. Now, someone's gonna argue with me and say, Alfred, if I can put my money in all at once, the statistics show that that's probably better off than dollar cost averaging. Sure, yeah, the numbers do show that. But again, they're not taking into account the emotions involved. Because that lump sum that needs to go in, you need to make right, that decision to put in the money. And that's what we're talking about here is that block to not be able to do that. So if they're not going to be able to put in the lump sum, then we're making the wrong comparison about returns, right? Because they're actually not having the money in the market to start with. And so in this case, dollar cost averaging can really help with that.
1: Yeah, and we've seen that so many times before, after and after I mean, people who maybe took their money out after 2008, right? Yep. During the crash there and just didn't know when to put it back in, right? Yeah. And maybe even midway 2014, 2016, people saw the, the, the rebound there and even further growth, but they might have thought in 2016 that, hey, this we're at the top again, we're at the top. so let's just wait for the dip and that's when we'll buy back in. Yeah. So if that mentality keeps going on, that means people who sold in 2008 probably are still not invested at the moment, right? Especially. You don't
0: have to go that far. Look at March, right? Look at March when the markets were down 30%. You know how many people that I know of sold off in March? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Not, you have to remember emotions are real, right? So let's, it's one of those things where we tell clients all the time, like, I feel the same thing you're feeling. I'm anxious. I'm scared during that time, but it's how you react right during those times. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when you're saying oh i was wrong no you weren't wrong in feeling that way right like you can't have wrong feelings um but it's the idea of how you react to those feelings themselves right that reaction itself right can be sometimes the issue where if you're selling off in a time like that you have to to raymond's point make the right decision to get back in and we have plenty of people who sell sometimes at the right time but they wait too long to get back in and the the net difference is is zero okay Mm -hmm. so um again you have to be very careful with that now there are different type of platforms that we should talk about right outside of brokerage accounts like schwab td ameritrade e-trade we're just housing some of these i may not agree with the strategy for all of these accounts but like tell us Robo advisors out there, give us some examples of how robo advisors Ray can actually help us get our money invested. Because that's the topic. Is like, how do you get over the hurdle of getting money invested?
1: Yeah, I mean, over the years, we've seen it so much easier for accounts to be created, right? Compared to before, where required what signatures required for original copies. I myself was an admin before, so I dealt with all that paperwork. But Mm -hmm. now when I talk to clients, okay, you know, let's go ahead and open something at Betterment, for example, download their app, put in your information, you have an account open in five minutes, you can fund your account within the next day. So things are moving just that quick now to be able to get your funds invested, right? And Mm -hmm. how mobile advisors have come into the play, definitely more so in the the recent years, is that allows you to really just set up your bank accounts. set you know, set in percentage amounts from your bank account to transfer in and they help invest those funds for you based upon maybe some objectives that you have or your risk tolerance or how aggressive you might want to be within the portfolio. But I think the bottom line is it's just a lot easier now for people to set accounts up, start funding their accounts and have things managed for them, which might be the easier route for people who maybe don't want to place trades themselves or not familiar yeah. with it, but it allows them to get their funds invested.
0: Yeah. And, and and again, our clients that are watching us know that there's some difference in opinion about how I think the accounts are 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 allocated, like what it's invested in. There's zero denying though that I'm 100% jealous how quickly and easily you can get an <laughs> amount open at Wellfront or Betterment, Stash, Robinhood, which we'll talk about in just one second. But some of these yep. digital accounts, it's so easy. Like, I could look at my phone right now. And, and while I'm having this show, I could probably open an account is how <laughs> yeah. easy it is. Okay. And the thing is, it gets your money invested. And as a planner, sometimes that's all I care about is if, if you're having difficulty getting money invested, and you've gone through some of the steps we talked about identifying goals and all of that. Just having the ease there for busy lives is really important right it's better to be invested even if it's slightly different than how i would want us to be invested at least it's being invested i think that's Mm -hmm. equally important so you get those accounts invested right hopefully you leave them for the long run because you have the situation where you've identified what the goal is so you're not so worried about the near-term fluctuation talk about a little of some of these newer platforms like fractional share trading and how it could be helpful for someone who's starting out with a less little bit less but want to dabble in stocks. Like that is another way for someone to get invested and learn early. Tell us a little bit about uh, programs like that.
1: Yeah, so I mean, the awesome things about these new platforms are trying to change the industry, to be honest, uh, allows you to buy into fractional shares. Now, what do we mean by fractional shares? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, let's say if you had wanted to buy a you know one share of Apple, generally you're only able to afford one share. So it's not like you can buy half a share. At least that's just mm-hmm. how you to it before. But now there's a lot of companies, even Schwab is a big name, Robinhood is another one, Stash's Invest is another one that we like to use, um, where it allows you to buy fractional shares. So even for Amazon, where it's about $1,800 per share, you know, you're know you able to put in just $100 and still participate mm-hmm. in the growth of those bigger names or higher cost stocks, Right. Um, And, you know, a big thing about these platforms now, outside of you being able to just transfer money in, you can set up reoccurring contributions, whether it's Mm -hmm. weekly, whether it's daily. So that really definitely takes out the guessing game of yours putting, you know, you can do as small as $10, $15, $20, or do weekly $100. So it allows you to put in, you know, whatever you have to invest over a period of time. Uh, and get invested in some of the individual stocks that you might enjoy to you know invest in and you have products of their own, right? So definitely opens the doors and opportunities for individuals to get started.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love that idea. I love that idea of someone being able to, and, and look, some again, someone's going to say, well, Alfred, aren't you in the industry of financial planning and wealth management? Yeah, but it's financial planning first. It's this whole idea of financial advisors needing to manage money to make money. Like, yeah, that might be most of the industry. But from our perspective, the learning, the education is so much more valuable, right? And and I think someone can really build a strong financial standpoint, especially when they're young, by doing something like this, right? So if you guys are a young audience out there, you're thinking about how do I start investing and in getting my money in? Right? Even if you just worked a part time job, right, you're starting to, to build your assets, and you have a couple thousand dollars, like, what do I do? Check out, Robinhood check out stash okay and then and use a strategy in fact if you're watching this and just wondering how to invest in stocks in general think about the strategy of this buy what you use okay buy what I use okay I look around my desk right now I've got Apple right I've got <laughs> Sonos okay uh, right I've got Samsung and 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 some of these other things all tech pieces but what if i actually bought some of those stocks not bad okay mm-hmm. what about in my daily life amazon right they visit my house every day <laughs> and then costco right netflix hulu i'm just i'm just naming a couple of things out there about what generally is is happening in our household right now and if if right my daughter at a young age said oh yeah these are the things that we're using and we're going to go buy the, right these stocks I think that'd be a fantastic portfolio in fact it keeps you more engaged in doing that mm-hmm. now when you pair that up with what raymond just said and robin hood and stash you can actually take a small amount of money and still get invested across all these companies that's the coolest part about it because yeah. traditionally right you're not able to do that right, right. so i think for me right? There are many ways now that technology and advancements with apps and the digital platform has allowed us to learn a lot more about how quickly and people or how quickly things move number one, but how interesting the younger generation actually is in, in some of these things. Okay. Um, you know, we're just talking about TikTok and the uh, you know real estate agents like giving tips on these right uh, across. Uh, and it's fantastic to see, right? Like I wish I could have the, uh, uh, um, you know, no shame type situation and jump on tiktok and start pointing i can't do it right maybe maybe we should start one but like i think it's fantastic to see like how that plays out and the information that's conveyed because so many people watch it and mm-hmm. and and that to me is part of spreading that education right but if you're going to have a takeaway from this show today right the biggest thing would be identifying right if you're talking about investing what you're investing for what is actually your investable capital, not just what's in your account, that those are two different things, in my opinion, okay, if you have some money sitting in your cash account, what of that is actually for investment. So set aside the day to day cash, three months, four months, okay, of cash that you need. And then the rest, right, is now what you start asking yourself, well, when do I need it? What is the long term goal of this, uh, of this investment? That really helps isolate out some of the noise that you see. Uh, from uh, uh, the the market movements and all of that. And then deploy what Raymond said as a dollar cost averaging strategy, spread it out over equal amounts, so that you can get over the mental roadblock of the market is up 15, 20 percent <laughs> since <laughs> the election, right? Getting over that hurdle. And then if you have a smaller amounts of cash, but still want to get invested, we've given you some ideas here, right along the lines of Robinhood Hood or stash and even right, Wealthfront or Betterment, some of these robo advisors that you can put in small amounts and still get invested. So it's not like you need a lot of money to get started, but you need to understand which of it, how much of those dollars can be invested so that you're not stuck in a situation where two weeks later, you need to pull the money out, right? That's really what we're trying to avoid. All right. So that's the topic, right? That's another show that we wanted to get through. We've Got a lot of, again, exciting things going on. Like I said, we're live with you guys on all our platforms every Friday at 3 p.m. So hit subscribe. Drop us a like if you like the video, like what we're talking about, want us to talk about different topics. Let us know in the comments, okay? We're also, again, our team worked hard in trying to bring financial planning out to more and more of you that is more accessible. Sometimes I know that it's not that easy to to, to reach out to us and get specific financial planning advice. I get it, okay? So we've launched recently, right? Our annual financial planner. It's on sale on Amazon. Our team will put the link below. Check it out, okay? You're able to get access to some free e-courses that we've put together as long as being able to, uh, as uh, as well as being able to put pen to paper, some of the goals, budgeting goals, and learn from it. So uh, it's been taken off, right? Uh, We put a lot of work into it again. Uh, So check it out on Amazon there. All right. I think that's it. That's another show. Another show in the books. Another Friday, Raymond. I hope you have some plans. It's a little rainy over here. Hopefully you're getting out to enjoy some uh, outdoor air, at least. I know that we're inside a lot. But uh, for those of you, again, watching Thank you for joining us. You guys make it so fun for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We hope to see you guys next week again at the same time. Raymond, have a great Friday. I'll talk to you soon as well.
1: You as well. Thank you, everyone.
0: Have a good one. Bye.